Spirit of the Lord is here to bring freedom tonight, freedom and breakthrough. Freedom and breakthrough is yours and praise is a weapon. You have been using a weapon of warfare tonight to praise. And as you have praised, there are things that are shifting in the spirit realms. Some of them you may not see the outcomes yet, but things are already shifting. Things are shifting in this atmosphere. And I want you to stay standing and just lean in because a few weeks ago, the Lord gave me a prophetic picture. And I'd shared it with Steve, but I hadn't shared it anywhere else. And I really feel this is for you corporately activate church, but also for you individually. So I just encourage you to really lean in. Lean into what the Spirit wants to say corporately, but also individually to each person. And I saw a picture of a war horse. A war horse. A horse ready for war. But that war horse had been stopped. It had been paused for a moment. And the saddle was being tightened. The saddle was being cinched up, which almost seems uncomfortable. And at the same time, I saw blinkers being put on this war horse, which is strange because normally you put blinkers on a race horse, not a war horse. And I said to the Lord, what is this picture meaning? And he said two things. He said, when I am tightening things in the spirit, it is not for discomfort. It is so that when the power of the spirit comes, that the saddle does not slip. That what is supposed to be for function does not slip in the power of the Spirit. And Jan had actually been um, just, as she does, always listening to the Holy Spirit. And she felt the word surging. Can you just come up here, Jan, quickly, please? She felt the word surge and surging. I just want you to share what, what that means. Thanks, Jan. Yeah. Yeah, I looked it up and it means gush, sudden increase, a sudden powerful forward or upward movement, a sudden large increase, a sudden powerful forward or upward movement, a rise, and I looked, I looked further, it says, a rise, get up, spring up and grow. Thank you, Father. And if you can picture this, when a war horse is ready for battle, picture a front line with a row of war horses standing they are literally chomping at the bit ready to go what happens when the when the master gives the command to go there is a surge of power and so that saddle needs to be tightened in the spirit so that when the lord moves we are ready to move with him we're not feeling like we're slipping from side to side or even caught in something we don't understand but the lord says i'm not tightening to cause discomfort and when we have felt a pause, both in the corporate, but also in the individual, it's not to stop movement. It's actually to create a surge. It's almost like this build-up. A war horse actually has so much pent-up uh, charge and power. Why do they say charge? You know, and I loved it, Jan, when you shared this because you had no idea. And so the cry to charge, what is a charge? It's a surge of power forward. And that horse comes forward immediately with a, a, a rise of power, a surge of power. And so the Holy Spirit is wanting to release a surge of power, both in the corporate but in your individual lives. As we respond when the Lord says, I just want to tighten this. It's not an uncomfortable thing. He's saying, I want to, I want to change this. I want to adjust this so that you can respond and be ready in the Spirit. Eria Masia, Karada, Dada, 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 Dada,
Thank you for your power, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit power. Lord, thank you that you are moving in us, you are working in us and through us, Lord, to search your power. It is not by might, not by our power, but by your Spirit, says the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that you are already speaking. You have been moving through this entire day. We thank you that this is not a meeting, but it is an opportunity to meet with you, Holy Spirit. To meet with you, Father. To have a revelation, a fresh revelation of the Son of the Most High God. And so we just position ourselves in that beautiful place, having walked, having walked with you, stepping into your unending grace stepping into that place as you have led us along the paths even as you have led us through the valleys Lord we thank you Lord that you are here now thank you Lord that you want to do a deep work tonight a quick work I believe the Lord's going to do a quick work in people's hearts tonight so Father we open our hearts Holy Spirit would you have your way in us have your way in me, Holy Spirit. Let there be no words from me, but Father, let there just be. Lord, let me be a vessel, a pure vessel. Lord, to deliver your message that your Holy Spirit may move powerfully in this place. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Thank you, band, team. So grateful for just ushering in the presence of God. Thank you. Thank you. Let's not ever take for granted the presence of God. Amen. Amen. How are we doing, church? Are we good? I can't see half of you because of those lights are reflecting in my glasses, so don't worry about it. I can see some of your smiling faces and it's beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Who's already been spoken to deeply and weightily by this morning, what Steve shared? I feel like there's so much more to lean in and, and process there. And I feel actually, when Steve was sharing this morning, and I want to share this um, because I think it's helpful for us to model hearing from God, not just for us to hear from God, but to model hearing from God. And so when Steve smoke smoke. Oh dear, it started already. When Steve spoke this morning about purity and simplicity, the Lord said to me, cull your notes, cut them right back. Come back to simplicity because he wants to move tonight. The focus is not on my notes. I'm going to share a few brief scriptures and then we're going to actually have a bit of ministry time. But I also want to share this with you because as prophetic people... Part of our hearts and actually part of our role is to equip the church to hear from God. And a little while ago when I was just leaning into the Lord in my own quiet time, I don't, I always ask in the Lord to speak. I was reading a verse and it was uh, the story in John about uh, a person, I can't remember even who it was, I don't think they have a name, but their son was sick and they asked Jesus to come and heal him. And Jesus said, go, your son is healed. And the phrasing in the scripture right after that says, the man took Jesus at his word. The man took Jesus at his word. And this is the word of the Lord for you tonight, Activate Church. Take Jesus at his word. 
Now we're saying yes, but do we really take Jesus at his word? Because right after that, he gave me a scripture in the next chapter and he said, preach on this scripture. I went, oh, that's a new one. Never reached anything around that before. So that's what I'm doing. Okay. But this is what God wants to activate in us tonight. When God whispers something that we take him at his word. First time, straight away, immediately. First time, take Jesus at his word. And tonight I want to speak on the crossing over. The crossing over. Some of you are going, what the heck is the crossing over? No, we are not talking about the Israelites crossing the Red Sea or even the Jordan River. And no, I had about three people yesterday talk to me about crossing over the ditch to come here or the Dutch. The Dutch. Dutch. How do I say Do I need an interpreter here tonight? We are not talking about that crossing over. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 5, verse 24. And they're going to put it on the screen too. John chapter 5, verse 24. And this is Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you. Now, whenever Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, it's not because some of the other things he says is false. He's reminding us that you have to listen and pay attention because some of the things I might say here, you might not be able to grasp straight away. Or you might not even perhaps believe they're applicable to you or true. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Crossed over from death to life. And I want to talk briefly tonight about the crossing over from death to life, but also the crossing over into eternal life. If you look at this scripture, the word says, whoever hears my word, whoever hears the word of the Lord and who believes him who sent me. So it's believing the father who sent Jesus has eternal life, has eternal life. Now has is a present tense word, right? The same as have. I have a blue car. Sheridan has a gray car and a red car. That's present tense. We have something in the now. Will have is in the future, but has is now. So this scripture is telling us that not only have we crossed over from death to life, but we have currently, we have eternal life. What does that mean? John 3.16 is a verse we probably all know very well. Um, If I ask you all to say it, we'll get confused, but it is up there on the screen. So let's actually read it out loud in the NIV version, which I've got it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And the scripture actually talks both present tense and future tense about eternal life. It talks about will having, but it talks about has. And here's the thing that the Lord has been speaking to me about in this whole crossing over. We generally understand as believers that when we go through the doorway of salvation, we cross over and we come to that place of we're not going to perish. But we've actually confused not perishing with eternal life and we've lumped them all into the one theology. We've taken not perishing and having eternal life as the same thing. We think it means, oh yeah, we're going to go to heaven when we die. But eternal life is actually different than that and it's something we possess now as believers. It's present tense. Yes, it means that 
either when we die or if Jesus comes back first, we don't perish eternally. We don't perish in hell. It means we get to spend eternity with Jesus. But there is an eternal life that is our present possession now. Turn to John chapter 6, verse 47. Who's doing good? You've all gone very quiet. Again, Jesus says the words, Very truly I tell you, so simple yet so profound, the one who believes has eternal life. Present tense. The one who believes has eternal life. We know God is eternal. He existed before time. He has always existed from everlasting to everlasting. He is God. What does it look like for us to have eternal life? Well, John actually talks a lot about eternal life. In fact, if you look in the book of John, he talks the most about eternal life than any of the other Gospels. And John chapter 17 verse 3 says this. I know I'm going super fast. If you're taking notes, sorry, you might need to get the recording or I can send my notes through. John 17 verse 3. Now this is eternal life. Don't you like how when Jesus says a concept that we don't always grasp, that he actually explains it to us? I'm pretty grateful for that because otherwise I think I would have missed this whole thing. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, he's talking about the Father, that they know the Father, they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You see, eternal life is understanding that because God is eternal, when we step through the doorway and cross over from death to life as a part of that salvation doorway, we immediately step into a journey of knowing God intimately. If salvation was the only destination to eternal life, then God would just take us to heaven immediately when we said the sinner's prayer. There is so much more to eternal life and this is the crossing over part that we often misunderstand or don't actually have any comprehension of at all. This is eternal life that they know you, that they have intimate relationship with you. See, Christ's death and resurrection paved a way for us to cross over, to cross over from death to life. But here's the thing. The enemy wants to stop people, obviously, crossing over that line. There is this line. It's not a line drawn in a sand. It's not a metaphorical line. But there is a line in the spiritual realms. And the devil knows it. And he knows that when we have crossed over from death to life, he hates that. He wants to stop as many people as he can from stepping over that line. But if we have stepped over that line, the one thing he loves to do more than anything else is stop believers understanding that we now have the opportunity to live and dwell in close, intimate relationship with him and experience eternal life. God is eternal. So if we are in God, all the Gospels and particularly Paul's writing talk about us being in God or in Christ. If we're in God and God is in us, that is eternal life. We're experiencing it. And that's part of what the enemy loves to stop by discouragement, by distraction, by any method he can. We were talking last night um, and Pastor Sheridan was talking about how the devil knows that once the Great Commission is fulfilled, he and his horde of nasty little demons are done for. And so part of the devil's strategy is to keep Christians discouraged and complacent so that we don't fulfill the commission 
And the other part is he actually sows seeds of doubt. So people think they're not even saved. When Jesus has put it so simply to say, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you are saved. You have crossed over from death to life. Then the journey begins of experiencing eternal life. Experiencing eternal life. Thank you, Father. I wonder if you've ever listened to a challenging sermon and said, gosh, I wonder if I'm even saved, jokingly. Who's ever done that? Come on, put your hand up. Actually, I won't name any names, but in the last few days, I have heard numerous people (laughs) say things like, oh, I don't even think they're saved. I know they were joking. I know they were joking. I've also heard people say, oh, where did you go? I thought you might have been raptured and I got left behind. Surely, I don't even know if I'm saved. Now, it's a joke, right? But here's the thing. What are we joking about? Are we joking about the price that Jesus Christ paid? Are we taking a laugh at the fact that we're joking about our salvation, which is a literal crossing over from death to life? Now, I'm not meaning to heap condemnation, but we know there's power in our words. And I tell you what is rampant in the body of Christ, particularly in the Western world. It is doubt to know that A, we're saved, and B, that we can even have any kind of intimate relationship with God we think it's for other people we think it's for prophets we think it's for pastors we think it's for people who have special gifts and it's not it's for all of us it's a gift it's a beautiful gift for all of us and here's the thing if the enemy can discourage us from not being those witnesses not bearing his witness to the nations and discipling the nations and teaching everyone to obey and baptizing them in the Father Son Holy Spirit if he can stop us doing that but he can also sow doubt into us here's the two things that happen when we cross over from death to life through salvation but don't experience his daily eternal life through knowing him we do two things we diminish our testimony to unbelievers And we weaken our spiritual authority in the spirit realm. We diminish our testimony to unbelievers. Why? Because they don't see us living a life full of the fruits of the spirit, of his righteousness, peace and joy in the midst of trial and tribulation. And we weaken our authority in the spirit realm because we're not actually standing on the truth. We're not taking Jesus at his word. And so my encouragement to us today Let's not use the very reason the Father sent the Son to joke, particularly if we're being challenged on our spiritual maturity. Oh, don't all go quiet on me. Come on, I sit in sermons all the time and get challenged about my spiritual maturity and go, oh, okay, I need to repent of that or I need to, need to adjust that. This is what part of the word was about. It's an adjustment. This is an adjustment to come into relationship with him. It's actually a beautiful invitation. And if the lie of the enemy has been getting into you to make you doubt, if you say things to yourself like, I'm not even sure if I'm saved. I'm not even sure what that looks like. I know I've said the words, but what does that actually mean? I encourage you, take Jesus at his word. Take Jesus at his word. Take Jesus at his word. Luke, can you come back and jump on keys, please? He didn't get much of a break, did he? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
as the Lord was saying this to me, and I know this is such a simple word, but can we be really honest? For each one of us, there are areas in our life that don't feel like we are living in his eternal life. There are areas in our lives where we don't feel like we are living in the abundance of the overflow of being in an eternal God and having an eternal God live in us through the Holy Spirit. And so I asked the Lord and I said, Father, how do I describe this practically? Because for a lot of people, eternal life is still sounding like a concept that I'm not understanding. I understand you saying knowing God and intimate with him and relationship with him. We talk about it. What does this look like? And so the Lord gave me this scripture, which is in Ephesians chapter 3. It's verse 14 to 19. And the Lord gave me a whole lot of statements to read while I read this scripture. There's no way you're going to have time to write all them down, but I actually want you to really lean in here. Even if you want to close your eyes, you're welcome to write down what God's saying to you. But, you know, Paul was one of the ultimate crossing overs that we see in Scripture. As far as a crossing over, he crossed over from someone who was persecuting Christians to someone who became the greatest apostle and witness in that time and obviously wrote so many of the epistles in the New Testament for us. He had a dramatic crossing over. But not only that did he have that salvation, you could see in his writings his love for the Lord, but that intimacy of relationship. And that's this scripture here, as I was reading it, the Lord just started downloading phrase after phrase to me about what it looks like to live in eternal life and a crossing over. So let me just read this to you or or even over you. So verse 14 says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. When we kneel before the Father, it's a submission. It's an act of worship. And so living eternal life is a crossing over from dependence on me, on self, to dependence on the Father. It's crossing over from not my will, but your will be done. It's a crossing over to say, I need to remove my pride and come in humility. But there's this beautiful part of the picture there. He's kneeling before the Father. So there's a crossing over into the family of God. There's a crossing over from being orphans and being lost to being sons and daughters of God. This is what it looks like to live in eternal life, to experience eternal life. It's a crossing over from those things that we were experiencing before and crossing into that abundance of who He is. It's coming boldly to His throne of grace. Keep reading verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And this is crossing over from lack to abundance. That's what eternal life is. It's crossing over from our own effectiveness to his strength, to his power. It's crossing from the flesh to the spirit. This is eternal life. It's crossing over from outward achievements to the inner working of the Holy Spirit and crossing over from doubt to faith. This is eternal life. This is what it looks like to know him. 
I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is crossing over from religion to relationship. To relationship. It's crossing over from a mental knowledge to a personal revelation of Christ. This is eternal life. This is eternal life. It's crossing over from standing afar from God to coming in close intimacy, drawing near to Him, drawing near to Him. It's crossing over from our human weaknesses to the power of the Spirit because His grace is sufficient and His power is made perfect in our weakness. I don't stand up here with anything to offer you but what the Holy Spirit says. I've got nothing in myself. But when I walk in His eternal life, His power flows through me. It's crossing over from an emptiness of soul that we have all experienced without God to a fullness of eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's eternal life. That's eternal life. And when we look at the Scriptures through the crossing over from self to the Lord, when we look at the Scriptures from crossing over to a burden that's heavy to carry to His yoke which is light and easy, when we look at the Scriptures which takes our anxieties, turns our mornings into joy, that's a crossing over into eternal life. And we have to be honest, this is something we step in and out of. Like Steve was saying this morning, we can step in and out of it. But tonight is an invitation to step deeper in to an understanding firstly, but an experience of eternal life. A new experience of eternal life where His power surges through you. And so there might be things tonight that even as I've said those lists, you might be feeling like there's things to let go of, that you need healing of. The Father wants to take burdens away of. And perhaps tonight you just want to experience Him in a new way. Do you know, I grew up in church from the time I was born, literally was under the piano the first week I was born because my mum played the piano. But I never had a personal relationship with God until I went through quite a difficult situation in my late teens. There's a whole lot of reasons to why, but I heard the scripture. I could pray a prayer. I could sing the songs, but I didn't have this eternal life. I didn't have this intimacy. And it was only after I encountered God that I really started to know Him. And I'm wondering if there's people here tonight. I'm going to speak firstly to two groups of people. There may be people here tonight and you're saved. You've been in church for years perhaps. And perhaps you're longing to experience this eternal life and you're thinking, why haven't I experienced? Let me tell you this, there's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes we just need an encounter and a revelation. An encounter and a revelation and a surge of His power to release us, to heal us, to do whatever is needed, deep work in us that we can actually experience His eternal life. Not just here, but walk out of this room and carry a new expression of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. But I'm wondering too, maybe there's some of you here tonight, maybe there's some visitors here and you don't know Jesus. 
Maybe you're hearing me talk about this Jesus who came and died on a cross for us and you've never accepted him as Lord and Saviour. But he's available to you tonight in the simplicity of what I said. Truly, I tell you, the one who believes will have eternal life, has eternal life right here and now. So can we just close our eyes? Thank you, Father. If you're here tonight, and as I've talked about Jesus, even if you don't fully understand, if you want to taste this eternal life, if you want to cross over from death to life, not only not perish, but experience a new freedom in your life, a new intimacy that you never even thought could exist with the very God who created you, If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight, can you just raise your hand so I can see you? If there's anyone here, thank you, I see your hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Is there anyone else? Anyone else you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? See, Jesus is a personal God. God created the whole heavens and the earth, but Jesus as the Son of God comes to each one personally. He would have died on the cross if there was one or one million or one billion. Is there anyone else who would like to receive Jesus or perhaps even just recommit your life to the Lord if you're just feeling like you're not sure? And I will say again that if you have said that prayer, you've crossed over. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Church, can we just all pray together? Pray this prayer together after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, but also to live for us. Lord, I repent of my sins. Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? And would you make me whiter as snow? I give you my life. And I acknowledge you as Saviour, but also as Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Hey, I just want to spend a few minutes as we finish off offering an opportunity for ministry. And we're even going to open up the altar tonight. Because I feel like the Lord wants to do a deep work. And I just want to remind you of that initial word of that war horse. I feel like there's a surge of his power available tonight. Because it's his power in eternal life. It's not us.